I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined to me and heard my cry. He drew me up from the pit of destruction, out of the miry bog, and set my feet upon a rock, making my steps secure. He put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. Blessed is the man who makes the Lord his trust, who does not turn to the proud, to those who go astray after a lie. Those are the first four verses of Psalm 40, which along with Psalm 54 are the psalms appointed for today, Friday, September the 10th, 2021. You're listening to Faith Seeking Understanding, and I'm your host, John Green. We're continuing to look at the the story of Elijah and the prophets of Baal on Mount Carmel in 1 Kings 18, verses 20 to 40. We're still in the epistle to the Philippians, chapter 3, the first 16 verses, and in the gospel according to Matthew, chapter 3, the first 12 verses. <clears throat> so w- remember yesterday that, that um, the Lord sent Elijah to Ahab to, to deal with him in order that, that he would then bring rain upon the earth. And so Elijah uh, said to Ahab, send all the people of Israel here to Mount Carmel, and along with the 450 prophets of Baal and the 400 priests of Asherah. So Ahab sent all the people of Israel and gathered the prophets together at Mount Carmel. And Elijah came near to the people and said, how long will you go limping between these two different opinions? You've got to make a choice. It's, this goes back to, a, uh, to Moses, right, with the curses pronounced from one mountain and the blessings from another. And he said, you've got to choose. And then um, Joshua did the same thing. You know, you got to choose life. It's, it's up to you. And it's the choice that always stands before us. It's which way are we going to choose? We can either choose the God of the world or we can choose the, the God of heaven and earth. And so that's what he's saying. He said, if the Lord's God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. Don't try and do both. You can't have it both ways. It's, it's got to be one or the other. He makes it very clear. And Jesus makes the same thing very clear that you've got to make a decision and a choice about him, whether he is who he says he is. Is he truly the Messiah? Is he truly the Son of God or not? And you can't have it both ways. And, and, and to acknowledge that is to set your sights on him and follow him and do the things that he commanded you to do. Put all your faith and your trust in him not in anything else, and that's the whole point. And so the people didn't answer Elijah. They're like, yeah, we don't have to do that. So then Elijah said to the people, all right, I got a test. How about this? I, even I only, am left a prophet of the Lord. But Baal's prophets are 450 men. We already know better than that. We already know that Obadiah hit 100 of them, and he told him that. But the, but this is Elijah's constant refrain over the next, last part of his ministry here. I, even I only, am left. He says, let two bulls be given to us and let them choose one bull for themselves and cut it in pieces and lay it on the wood, but put no fire to it. And I'll prepare the other bull and lay it on the wood and put no fire to it. And you call upon the name of your God and I'll call upon the name of the Lord. And the God who answers by fire, he is God. And the people all answered, hey, well spoken. Good job, dude. Great, great challenge here. And it's the same thing that happens in Egypt. Egypt's gods are on trial. And the, first, the magicians can do the first couple of things. Why anybody would want to, I have no idea. But then after that, only God can do these things. Only Yahweh. 
So the people said, okay, cool, great, let's go for it. So Elijah said to the prophets of Baal, choose for yourselves one bull and prepare it first for your many, because many hands make light work, right? So they can get this done before Elijah by himself can. And he says, then call upon the name of your God, but put no fire to it. In other words, you're going to call down fire from heaven is the point of this. And they took the bull that was given to them, and they prepared it and called upon the name of Baal from morning to noon, saying, O Baal, answer us. I mean, can you just imagine this? You see these 450 people out there, these men out there, you know, constantly crying out for hours. Oh, Baal answered us. And there was no voice and no one answered. And they limped around the altar they had made. Now, you remember, we go back to this. How long will you go limping between two different uh, opinions that he laid out before the people? And now we get these, these prophets of Baal limping around the altar. There's sort of this contortionist dance they do in order to uh, convince Baal than to, to do what they're imploring him to do. It's sort of this sympathetic magic. We're, we're contorting our bodies. We're doing these things to, to afflict ourselves in order that, that you would have pity and mercy on us. Because you'll feel sorry for us. And at the noon, Elijah mocked them. I mean, Elijah's a trash talker, right? I mean, cry aloud, for he's a god. You know, you gotta, you got to cry really loud to get his attention. Either he's musing, he's thinking about other stuff and not really paying attention to you, or he's relieving himself. He's in the bathroom. Or he's on a journey, or perhaps he's asleep, and you got to wake him up. I mean, he's mocking him in ways that saying, your God is just like you. He is no different from you. He's either musing or relieving himself or on a journey or is asleep and must be wakened. He's not a God at all, is what he's saying. And they cried aloud and cut themselves after their custom. I mean, he's going to make this worse. You're going to see our blood being poured out. We're going to afflict ourselves in order to get our God to do something. That's not a merciful God, right? If you've got to do things to physically afflict yourselves in order to get his attention, then he's not a very merciful God, and he's certainly not a very loving God. And he's not a very powerful God is the rest of that story. And so the blood's gushing out upon him. And as midday passed, they raved on until the time of the offering of the oblation, the evening sacrifice. But there was no voice. No one answered. No one paid attention. In other words, nothing. I mean, they did all this to no effect at all. And then Elijah said to the people, come near to me. And the people came near to him, and he repaired the altar of the Lord that had been there, that had been thrown down. He took 12 stones and built the altar, and then made a trench, dug a little trench around the altar, as great as would contain two seas of flour, of seed. And he put the wood in order and cut the bull in pieces and laid it on the wood. And he said, fill four jars with water and pour it on the burnt offering and on the wood. And then he said, do it again. And he said, do it again. And the water ran around the altar and filled the trench also with water. So this wood's soaking wet. It's not going to burn. And at the time of the offering of the oblation, Elijah the prophet came near and said, I mean, just very calmly, O Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known this day that you're God in Israel and that I'm your servant and that I've done all these things at your word. Answer me, O Lord, answer me, that this people may know that you, O Lord, are God, and that you have turned their hearts back, which is the ministry that Malachi says that Elijah, who will come before the um, Messiah, will do. They'll turn the hearts of the children and the parents. And, and then the fire of the Lord fell, consumed the burnt offering and the wood and the stones and the dust, and licked up the water that was in the trench. I mean, it, it, it not only did it set that all that wood uh, the wet wood on fire, it also licked up the, the water in the trench. And when the people saw it, they fell on their faces and said, The Lord, he is God, the Lord, 
he is God. And Elijah says, seize the prophets of Baal, let not a single one of them escape. And they did. And Elijah brought them down to the brook Kishon and slaughtered all 450 of them there in that place. I mean, Elijah was a wild man in, in so many places, but he is zealous for the honor of the Lord and the glory of the Lord. And the same with John the Baptist here in this gospel lesson in Matthew 3. And we're told, in those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The, the kingdom is about here. It's coming, and you need to be prepared for that. And the way to prepare for that is to repent of sin. He says, for this is he who has spoken, Matthew says, for this is he who was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah when he said the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. In other words, prepare these people to receive the king. You know, and, and I can remember there's a place in South Carolina, there's a plantation there that that um, had been built for quite a while, and, and then George Washington was going to come down, and he was going to visit. And But the, the way the road ran, it, it the the front of the house was actually going to be essentially the back of the house. And so what they did was they, they put a new facade on the other side, built a porch on the other side so that they would be able to greet him properly, not with their back turned, as it were, but the front of the house. And so there's a, there's a different front. They turned the entire house around in order that they would be ready to greet this sort of American king of sorts. And so that's what this is, what John's doing. He's trying to tell, tell, tell the people, in order to greet a king, you're going to have to change. You're going to have to fix things up, tidy things up, make it nice. And the way to begin that is the work of repentance and accepting sin and accepting that you're not worthy of greeting this king. So now John wore a garment of camel's hair and a leather belt around his waist, and his food was locusts and wild honey. He's, he's a wild man in the same way that Elijah was. So there's this, there's this visual representation of Elijah, not just his message. And so then Jerusalem and all Judea and the region about the Jordan were going out to him, and they were baptized by him in the river Jordan. So it's the area around Jerusalem and outside. It's just where the king will come in. And so they, that group of people came to John, and they were confessing their sins. But he saw many of the Pharisees and the Sadducees coming to the baptism, and he said to them, you brood of vipers. He, he doesn't accept their repentance as genuine. He doesn't respect accept what they're doing as true. He says, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bear fruit in keeping with repentance. In other words, let me see it. If if you're genuine, then I ought to see that. I ought to see the fruit of true repentance. And don't presume to say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father, for I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children for Abraham. Don't put your faith in in Abraham. Don't put your faith in your accident of birth, which allows you to be part of the nation. You can't count on that. This is an individual thing, and you have individual accountability before the Lord. Abraham's merits are not going to save you, which is what they believe, even to the day, today. He says, even now the axe is laid to the root of the trees. Each tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. He says, look, there's no hope for you outside of the good fruit that you would bear in keeping with repentance judgment's coming. And, and John missed the two horizons, right? So first would come the Messiah, and then later will come the judgment. But but he's preparing these people because he believes this is what's going to happen in this order. He didn't see the goodness and the love of God displayed in Jesus prior to the coming of judgment. Um, in other words, that, that, that many would be able to be uh, forgiven and brought into the kingdom prior to the end of time. 
He says, I baptize you with water for repentance, but he who's coming after me is mightier than I. And his sandals I'm not worthy to carry. I'm nothing compared to the guy who's coming after me. He'll baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand. He'll clear his threshing floor and gather his wheat into the barn, but the chaff he'll burn with unquenchable fire. And and he's saying, and that's a promise. And it's true that ultimately that will be the case. But but when Jesus came, he, he came not to judge the world, but to save the world to give his life as a salvation for, for mankind. And so John's not wrong. He will come and has come in order to prepare these people and, and to turn the hearts of the people towards God and, and to see the sin in their own lives and to be prepared for the coming of the kingdom of God. And that's an important work. It's the important work that's been entrusted to us, but we have a better message than John because we can talk about the resurrection of the dead and that, that our faith can be properly placed in Jesus and that, that he his merits are sufficient for us and his righteousness is sufficient. But that doesn't mean that we are not to pursue righteousness in our own lives. We're to bear good fruit in keeping with repentance in the same way John's calling his hearers to do. In the uh, epistles, Paul talks about that same thing. Finally, my brothers, rejoice in the Lord. To write the same things to you is no trouble to me and is safe for you. Look out for the dogs. And here he's talking about those who would insist on these Gentile converts becoming circumcised in order to enter the kingdom. He says, look out for the evildoers. Look out for those who mutilate the flesh. For we are the circumcision who worship by the Spirit of God. In other words, we've been circumcised in the heart. He says, we worship by the Spirit of God in glory in Christ Jesus. We put no confidence in the flesh, which is exactly what John's saying, is don't count on the fact that Abraham is your father. That's the confidence in the flesh that he's talking about, because I'm in the covenant community because I'm keeping the covenant God made with Abraham. He says, though I have reason for confidence in the flesh also. In fact, if anyone thinks he has reason for confidence in the flesh, I have more. I was circumcised on the eighth day. I was of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin. I was a Hebrew of Hebrews, and as to the law, a Pharisee. As to righteousness under the law, blameless. You know, if that's the way to get there, he says, I had all that and more. Nobody can match me in that. But whatever gain I had in all that, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ my Lord. In other words, everything that came before him doesn't matter to me. In fact, I just consider it rubbish is what he's getting ready to say. For his sake, I've suffered the loss of all things. And he really means it because he's in prison and can count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him. He's, he's talking about the position he had as a Roman uh, citizen. He's talking about the position that he had within Judaism. He's talking about the possession of freedom in this life. He says, I count all those things rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him. And, and here we go with this righteousness thing, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law. No, 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 he says, it's an alien righteousness. It's, it's the righteousness of Christ that's imposed on me. He says that which comes, that righteousness which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith, that I may know him in the power of his resurrection and may share in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. Uh, you know, how often... Have you prayed that you would share in the sufferings of Christ? Well, if you've considered the sufferings of Christ very much, you'd be dissuaded in your mind from from seeking to share in his sufferings. But in your heart, do you want to be like him? Do you want to be like him enough to share in his sufferings? Or did you sign up for this because it was health and wealth was what was promised? 
He says that by any means possible, I may attain to the resurrection of the dead. Not that I, this is the funny thing. Paul just says, I don't possess these things. I don't fully possess them until I die. Not that I've already obtained this or I'm already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I don't consider that I've made it my own. I've got a long way to go. One thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. And that's the mind that we're all supposed to have, right? I'm supposed to forget everything that came before Jesus and and then pursue him and his kingdom with everything that I have, straining forward to what lies ahead. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Let those of us who are mature think this way. And if anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that also to you. He said, I know I've got this right. If you think something different than that, then, then God will reveal it to you that I'm right on this. Only let us hold true to what we've attained. In other words, whatever you've gained, don't go backwards. Never retreat, never lose any ground. And that's the, that's the call in our lives. Those of us who know Christ Jesus, we're, we're called never to retreat because we'll end up like the people in that first lesson. We will be, we'll be limping between two opinions, and, and we'll never see the folly and the foolishness of those two things until we see the, the people, the leaders, crying out impotently to an impotent. Man.